0: What way do you think um, him and LeBron have brought out
1: the best out of
2: each other over the years? Uh, Well, four finals matchups, you know, that's uh, what it's all about. That's the the apex of NBA basketball. And so the two of them meeting four times, um, you know, at the highest level, that's what rivalries are. Are born out of that's you know magic and Bird that's you know the 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 matchups we think about in NBA history come from you know that that sort of uh, circumstance so um, they're both amazing players totally different um, but um, both so committed to the work to the process um, s- competitors um, really. Um, Intelligent. I mean, they they share a lot of the same qualities, um, despite the fact that they're very different players.
3: Well, in what ways do you think you and Steph have brought out the best in each other given all those games? Uh, just two of the most competitive players we have ever played this game, um, and we want to, you know, etch our name in the history books as much as we can. You know, but playing, you know, doing it our own way, so.
1: Like I said, I got nothing but the greatest aspirations, is respect and stuff. All right, Vinny. Here we go. Here we go. I know you are a basketball historian. I like to dabble with basketball history myself and we have it just brought to us delivered to us in the form of Warriors Lakers second round Western Conference semifinals LeBron representing the Lakers and representing the Golden State Warriors in this corner. We got Steph Curry and and Benny. I can tell you you got the great Detroit sweatshirt on. I'm not representing the Buckeyes today, but I'm a Buckeye through and through but I can tell you that every Buckeye is not created the same. We're not all the same. So just because LeBron James and Steph Curry were both both born in Akron Ohio in the 1980s and both mm-hmm. turned into Hall of Fame basketball players doesn't mean that they're the same. But even though, even though Steve Kerr said several times they're completely different players, and you know they're different players, and I know they're different players, somehow the winner of this series will be declared some unofficial champion of the LeBron James-Steph Curry debate. And I say it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. There's, but we, you know, and I'll get sucked in, and you may get sucked in too. Are you going to get sucked in, Vinny? I can't say that I won't. Will you be sucked into this, this debate that is emerging? I don't, I don't remember it being there in 2016 or 2017. I think it was more LeBron, KD, but somehow Steph versus LeBron has become a thing and I'm trying to resist, what say you? In
3: the words of uh, Bill Parcells, consider yourself sucked, right? You can consider yourself sucked. I'm not going down that rabbit hole A because we can be honest about this and say the winner of this series could very well be just the first Constellation Prize winner at the Western Conference because of everything that Denver is doing in their first-round series against the Phoenix Suns, which, of course, we're not going to pay attention to. It's like, that's like a candle in the sunlight. You know what I mean? Like, the Sun is the Warriors and the Lakers and all the plots and subplots that we've talked about and we'll continue to talk about ad nauseum even while the series is going on. But this isn't Warriors vintage. This isn't Lakers vintage. This isn't vintage LeBron. That's why I put in my entry Ali Frazier three. Now, I'm a Three. sports historian. Yeah. All right, let's was go. The, most, Come on. the, the third Teachers, Ollie teaches. Frazier battle was the most, uh, shall we say, memorable one considering yeah. both guys were sort of on the tail end of their prime. They were not the best versions of themselves. There was this history that was brought up and it produced a great fight. It produced a great fight in Manila, you know, the thrill of Manila and everything else. Like the, the historic fight, the first historic fight was... Uh, March 8th, 1971, the the fight of the century. But the one that people most go back to is that third one, because both sides had to dig a little bit deeper to get the best out of themselves, and Ali came out on top. Steph may be closer, Michael Holly to his prime, to his apex. He's not the same athlete he was, but he's closer to that than LeBron is. LeBron is on the downside. He's not moving as well. I think he's shooting 20% from three, and he's taking half of his shots from there. Wow! Those are not numbers, and maybe, maybe LeBron looked at it and said the Memphis Grizzlies are not worth my time. They're not worth me exerting myself. <laughs> when I got a finite amount of energy, I need to save this up for Stephen Curry, because Steph is going to bring all of this out of me if I'm going to beat him. But what happens are next. if this is not what happens if this is not the best it feels like this is of going to LeBron be James? That we're going to add
0: to their
3: you know what I mean? What, what do we do with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. you know what? And, and, and I love that. Uh, I love the Ali Frazier comparison, especially because it, it was these guys, the names that were, you know, you, you see the names and you see those faces and you hear the voices, especially Ali. Just unmistakable. You hear him coming like, you know, when he's 200 yards away. There's a whole crowd with him. He's bouncing, he's bouncing around. And he's got his hype man. You know, he's got, you know, Bundini Brown. Everybody's around him. And there's the excitement around Ali, even though he's not the same Ali and Frazier, same thing. It really is the story of, of these Warriors. See, the Warriors, they sound the same. They keep talking about the championship days. Like, you cannot talk to the Warriors. You, you can talk to the Warriors about the weather and somehow they start talking about their championships again. Okay? You can talk to the Warriors about the Super Bowl. They want to bring up their own champ. Like they, We weren't even talking about that. Why are y'all talking about all these championships? They well, they are the really, defending
3: champions. They are the defending yeah, oh, yeah. champions, which I, yeah, is an important but, distinction as opposed to being a team that won championships you know, I got year it. after year, you know, years ago, like when you're the
1: defending. team, I was you just can run
3: your mouth a little bit.
1: You can do that. You can yeah, turn yeah, the right. I, I got it. But I was just talking about where where my favorite croissant is, and you bring up a championship. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't even talk about basketball, and is you this, bring up championships this, all the time. Is this the
3: Ohio win in you that the Warriors got championships off of Ohio blood? Is
1: no, every, no, no, most no, of those, no. Most no of those banners. No, no, the brown no. I, blood on it. Listen, I, I'm, I'm just asking. I, I, I'm just curious. I'm just asking. Benny, I I was, I was probably the oldest, you know, 17 year old you ever met because I knew I was going to major in journalism, and and back in back in those days, you know, it's changed now. I'm not going to rant, but it's changed now. But back in those days, if you wanted to be a, a sports writer, I thought you had to have you had to try to touch the untouchable. That's objectivity, so you couldn't be bringing your rooting partisan interest into the game. So I I kind of I kind of purged myself from uh, the Cavaliers, mm-hmm. never really was into the Browns all that much. Uh the Guardians at the time, the Indians, you know, it was it was difficult but I did it. So it's not that's not that. It's just you know, it's 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 exhausting at times listening to the Warriors. But the point is, they are a fascinating team that's not perfect. They're not the championship Warriors that we saw from 2017, the best team I've seen in my lifetime. 2017 Absolutely. Warriors. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Natalie will uh, and then strike the Lakers,
3: because you because you, you mentioned the team that had Kevin Durant on it. Natalie will strike yeah. you down right <laughs> yeah. right now. She knows.
1: She knows. We got just like with Draymond. We'll get to that later. Just like with Draymond, we got viral videos from Natalie in 2017 when she probably was saying this is the greatest basketball ever played. Uh, but then the Lakers. The 2 and 10 start. They're barely a conference and Like in a real Western Conference. They wouldn't be a conference finalist team. I mean, they got some imperfections themselves, but bringing these two together is going to produce. I believe a classic series memorable. Maybe not the best basketball we've seen, but something's going to happen and Vinny damn it. I'm convinced this thing is going 7 the last two minutes of Game Seven, the series will be in the balance. We won't know what's going to happen.
3: So you basically, you're basically saying you don't want me to sleep. You're basically saying you don't want me to go home and to swap out my suitcases. You're not at all concerned about my well-being, are you? I knew, I knew you weren't a, a real friend. I knew you, I knew you were a fair-weather friend, like Johnny Gill used to say back in the day. You know what I mean? I knew you didn't Johnny want Gill. that, Johnny Gill. That's a, that's a pull, right? But no, that's right. I think when we talk about the nostalgia of the 90s and the basketball that was played wasn't that great, right? It was outside of Michael Jordan. The quality of basketball wasn't that great, but the passion was there. The competition was there. You felt it, right? When Charles Smith was, it was block strip, block block. You felt that moment. I think in this series, it won't be basketball excellence, but it'll be compelling, And it'll be compelling actual basketball. It won't just be the pageantry of everything around it. It'll be compelling on the floor because both neither team, excuse me, not both, neither team is impressive enough to run away and hide from the other, right? Like, Mm. I don't see any team gaining a 3-1 lead. I think by game four, we will be in L.A. over the weekend, and we will be saying this series is tied and game five will be that, that swing game. I don't know if it ends in seven. It might end in six. But I th- do think we'll get at least three really compelling basketball games that the box score will say, man, that was ugly. And there will be ugly moments. And I don't mean ugly as in Draymond's doing an 8 town stomp on anybody. But there will be ugly moments <laughs> where it's a, it's a beautiful struggle. And out of that beautiful struggle, we'll produce... Some really compelling and memorable moments. That that's what we are all asking for. I don't know if anybody, if real basketball fans that I know, are looking for the 150, 140 point games and everything else. But I do think we're looking for that struggle and that competition. That's why people are so nostalgic about the Knicks and the Heat. That was ba- that wasn't great basketball back then. It was just it was not. Basketball thank you, thank you. That, that we you. that we just loved because we knew that they hated each other. And LeBron and the Warriors don't really hate each other. You know, you got pictures of LeBron and Draymond Green dancing at, at, at weddings and stuff together. You know what I mean? And, and those guys in the picture booth taking pictures. But for the LeBron and Steph thing, I will say this, and this is the interesting thing. LeBron James is the face of the NBA for his generation. If Stephen Curry gets another ring in LeBron James's generation... In the words of Charles Barkley. It's time to have a conversation.
1: (laughs) Right. Right, especially and you know, I I don't think I don't think I'm not going to. I'm not going to let him off the hook. I don't think Steve Kerr was throwing shade in the middle of that compliment which sounded like a bird magic compliment. Oh, these two guys these great intelligent competitors. They met four times in the NBA finals. Okay four times in NBA finals. How many, how many of those did LeBron win versus? Hey, Steph? hey it's funny because I, th- I remember. I think it's one. Some,
3: I, I remember doing the three to one thing with you on the Michael Isaiah conversation that someone actually turned into a black and white GIF a couple of years ago. I remember I, I remember that that whole three to one thing and you felt like that one had a lot more weight. I am more curious though. Michael Holly. I'm very, very curious on what you will think of tonight's proceedings. Tonight, the MVP will be announced. It's expected Ooh. to be Joel Embiid, right? Joel Embiid did not play game one. The Philadelphia 76ers won. You wonder, I wonder to you, you know, this would be, the, this will, I think the last guard to win MVP was James Harden in 2018. Now we're gonna have all these big guys winning all these MVPs or big wings or Giannis was a big wing, Jokic is a big dude, and Bede's a big dude. We seeing a shift in what we consider to be most valuable? Because a little dude ain't won it in a
1: long time. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. I wanna have a say I, you know, see you just you just kind of slid this in when the clock, the clock is over our shoulders. So I, I wanna have this. Real MVP conversation with you because we're going to have this conversation. I want to have it. I want to bring in Tom Habistro too when we have it. I'll say this before we because we're going to get to the MVP thing. But before we get there, I just want to shame you a little bit. Before we uh, switch gears and talk to you. I want okay. to shame. I want to shame you see this you is why you know okay. and I told you I told you that I knew I wanted to be a sports writer long before I was 17. I was probably like 11 or 12 and part of the reason I wanted to do it is I looked at you know, I'm a kid looking up to the Vinnie Goodwills of the world saying wow, look at that dateline. This guy's in Los Angeles. He's in you San realize Francisco you're like
3: 20 years older than me, right?
1: I you, you play along play along. I play I play along. Like I'm the, looking up to people like you. I'm looking up to sports, right? People who have like these exotic lives and you sitting here complaining that you're going to be in Los Angeles. Oh, I don't know L.A. That sucks being in L.A. watching basketball the greatest basketball in the world. And then if you're not in L.A. Oh, you have to travel in the same state on somebody else's dime staying in great hotels. You You travel from L.A. to San Francisco. Oh, do I feel sorry for you? No. No, I don't feel sorry for you. Nobody feels sorry for you. You're ungrateful. What's wrong with you?
3: You got a great life.
1: Ungrateful.
3: I want to go home and swap my suitcases. Is that so wrong?
1: That's all right. That's how you get. You know what? You probably you know uh,
3: what you, fo- you football hey. writers got it easy. That's what that is because y'all travel one day a damn week and think you're doing That's you it. think you're doing the Lord's work.
1: Tra- That's right. Travel on Saturday, game on Sunday. Come home Sunday night or Monday morning. Come home Monday morning. Woo! Oh, that was tough. I'm back. Anything changed while I was gone? I've been gone for a long time. You miss me? They're like, sit your ass down. <laughs> You were just here. You were just here. What are you talking about? We're going to talk some football next. Speaking of football,
4: this guy has it all. He just needs to play. He's 20 years right. old. He needs to play. And that's when the mechanics will come together more consistently. The decision making yeah. which once again took a leap from September to November that will come together as well. He's a top five pick in my eyes and I don't know if he gets past the third pick Ooh. when somebody trades into oh, that Arizona what? spot. Oh, he needs to play.
1: I want to bet you know, you know, I can't help betting and it's legal everywhere. I'm gonna bet both y'all ain't no way that guy's going in the top five. It's it. it there's no way. It's two top Why five. Top five. Top Michael. five because yes, it, man. It, he's scary. It, we it, can it, make this better. I think be so. I okay, okay, oh, let's oh, make the bet. Oh, let's make the bet. Oh, we, oh, we, oh, we, we kinda we're kinda doing say he's a huckleberry. He he huckleberry. huckleberry. <laughs> uh, we'll do it.
0: With the fourth pick in the twenty twenty-three NFL draft. The Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Colts, Colts
1: select, select Anthony Richardson. Richardson. Richardson See that moment, that moment, Vinny, when you realize the people who work with you don't love you. They don't care about you, you know? Just trying to trying to make you look bad. You know, bring up all your freezing cold takes. Uh, think you
3: did that all no, on all on y'all.
1: I did I did that to myself. I did it to myself. I was eager. I was eager to tell, "Oh, Connor Rogers. Oh, Connor, oh Connor. What are you talking about?" Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, you got it. On the money, not only was Anthony Richardson drafted fourth overall, Connor said he's not going to get out of that top five. He didn't. Not only was he drafted fourth overall, Connor, Jim Irsay said, hey, listen, we had the first pick. We would have considered him at number one. And I think, I think he's telling the truth. What was it about Anthony Richardson that you saw that Ursay saw, that others saw, that I didn't see, and I still fail to see. Uh, what what is it about that guy that that lands him where he is today as the uh, soon-to-be franchise quarterback of the Colts? Meaning soon, as in could be as sept- soon as September or October.
4: Unique traits, Michael. There's just not a lot of guys built like this, and not just the stature, which is very, very unique at over 240 pounds, six foot four, six foot five great great speed downfield speed explosiveness but the way he is mentally built as well this is a tough dude this is a focused dude he's going to put in the time to maximize those unique traits and skills he's got bigger arm than anybody in this draft he's got the highest rushing floor by a mile and when you look at the colts knowing that chris ballard they didn't need a quarterback the year josh allen was a prospect but knowing what Chris Ballard thought of Josh Allen that year, when I watched Richardson at Florida, sure, it was a limited sample size at college. I saw a lot of similarities to Wyoming Josh Allen and just knew the Colts and the AFC where everybody's got a star quarterback. They're going to take their big swing for the fences. And I, I agree. I believe them. I think they would have done this even earlier.
3: It's funny you mentioned Josh Allen. You kind of took the the question right right away from me, Connor. But Josh Allen's big thing coming into the NFL was accuracy, right? Same thing with same thing with Anthony Richardson. So, in terms of scouting or player development, has the NFL felt like they figured something out in terms of, oh, this, if accuracy is the thing that we can't fix, maybe we figured out a way to maximize the strong arm and not worry about the, you know, just such the timing or whatever it is, the, the, whatever the intricacies on Uh, Accuracy is, or do they feel like they fixed it in terms of quarterbacking and player development? Is it something that they figured out that they hadn't in previous
4: generations? I think it's multi layered. I think the sport has changed where the explosive play matters so much. And Richardson's deep throwing, which was elite, and his running, which was elite, buys him time where you can live with the short area deficiencies right now. And that's something we've seen with some quarterbacks in the league. We saw it. With Josh Allen early on, he was not a star from day one, but his ability to scramble, run a little bit, throw down the field, allowed him to have the time to develop that short and intermediate accuracy. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. Lamar's unique running ability and ability to throw down the field bought him time to develop as an intermediate thrower as well. And those guys are now star quarterbacks in this league. And with Richardson, the one thing that is really nice to see in his game is it's not that he can't do it. It's not that there are mental hiccups or layers. It's just mechanical. He needs to play with his base and tie his base to his shoulders and eyes. And it's it's not laziness. It's more just that some things are so easy to certain athletes like him that you forget that you do have to stay locked into your mechanics. So I think they're going to work to clean up that aspect of his game. And when you look at Shane Steichen coming over from Philadelphia, what he's been able to do with Jalen Hurts and the growth Jalen Hurts has been able to uh, show, and his work ethic is pretty special, so it's not surprising. But they probably look at Richardson and go, man, if we turn him into 75% of the thrower that Hurts is, but he's an even better, more explosive, bigger-bodied runner, he's going to be pretty special in the offense that we want to run.
1: You know, Connor uh, and Vinny, I love the what-if game. So let's let's play along for a second. I want to ask you this and I want to ask you about uh, some other teams in their draft. Let's say Anthony Richardson doesn't go at four and Seattle was there at, at five. The Seattle take him. I'm wondering where, where he would go next. Seattle was at five. Arizona had already dropped down there at six. They probably don't take a quarterback. Uh, since they dropped down, they have Kyler uh, Kyler Murray the Raiders the Falcons. Where do you think he would have landed if if the Colts had some reason said, "Nah, uh, we don't want Anthony. Uh, we don't want Anthony Richardson. We want we want the best uh, pass rusher. No, we'll take Jalen Carter here, or something like that."
4: I think it would have been a conversation for Seattle. They wanted to improve their team as much as they could. They loved Devin Witherspoon. I think they were pleasantly surprised, uh, you know, that he was going to be there or or very content with him being there. Seattle would have answered the phone more, I think, on trade calls if Richardson was there. You have to wonder who would want to flip upwards. I'm sure Tennessee really, really valued his trade, so they would come to mind for me. I don't think he'd get past that cluster of Atlanta and Vegas just because They're not set at quarterback they could have taken him and sat him for the year he's going to need a little bit of time so they would have been comfortable with that but richardson's slide got greatly exaggerated throughout this process because the talent was just too good to pass up on and we saw that with the colts and you look at the price the texans paid to go into three to get will anderson it goes to show you what arizona was charging just to get into that slot uh, and what it would have cost for a team to come up in front of the colts to get richardson as well so He was highly valued as a top eight to top 10 pick in this draft for a long, long time.
1: Favorite draft team. Who was it? Who did? Who did the best draft for you?
4: It's the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you look at Jackson Smith and Jigba now is their number three wide receiver. You look at getting a number one corner in Devin Witherspoon. They got a lot of value across the board as well. Deeper into the draft. They got Anthony Bradford, one of the best run blockers at guard. They took Olu Olu with Timmy from Michigan. Tons of starting experience at center throughout college so they shored up the interior of their offensive line they got a guy with the ceiling of number one wide receiver that'll be their number three wide receiver they got a shutdown man-to-man corner that plays with an edge to his game i absolutely loved what seattle did and then the afc side it's the steelers they just got became a tougher football team broder jones on offensive line they needed to tackle they were proactive about going up and getting him they got joey porter jr a long press corner keanu benton is going to play nose tackle and three tech for their defensive line he's a great run stuffer with some pass rush upside and then Darnell Washington, I thought he was a top 20 player in the draft. Uh, they got him really late at 93. That's insane to me. Now they have two tight end sets of Darnell Washington and Pat Fryermuth, In a division that it's really, really tough uh, to stay alive with all that competition, the Steelers knocked this one out of the park. Now, you just talked about the teams that you love. I have a
3: colleague at Yahoo Sports that gave the Lions an F. And if I were giving them, it would I, I would have given them an F-minus. Cause I give the Lions F for everything. I'm I'm am I'll divorce myself from the Lions, Connor. Don't worry about it. It was it's been 23 years since I've done it, so I have no. The, I'm Detroit, but I'm not the Lions. Okay. Did the Lions have as bad of a draft as some people thought, with trading down and trading down? You know, trade. I feel like they traded twice in the draft, but traded out of six to get to 12, and then taking a the running back and then trading DeAndre Swift to Philly. Like, how did how did you view them before the weekend compared to how you viewed them coming out of the weekend?
4: It's really tough to go through, right? Because there's the context of did they reach on a couple of slots? Absolutely. Did they take positions that have lost value in the eyes of the NFL in this era of running back and off ball linebacker in the first round? Sure. But they walked away with really good players, guys. Honestly, if I'm gonna nitpick anything from this draft, it's taking Sam Laporta over Michael Mayer. That's the one head scratcher that I couldn't get on board with, and Laporta's still a solid player, but If you put Brian branch in that first round conversation and swap him out with Jack Campbell and you just flip their draft slots. I'm fine with this draft. Brian branch is a great player, gives them stability on the back end. When you have Jack Campbell, he, he was my top linebacker and that's a big need for them. It was not a great draft. You know what they did? They looked at Jameer Gibbs and said, he's a great player in a not so great draft. There's probably eight non quarterbacks in this draft that can be true difference makers. And they grabbed one. And Listen, they reached a little bit, but that doesn't mean it was a bad draft. I think they got four starters in this draft class, and that alone is a win for them for a roster that is already pretty good. That's not to disappoint you guys here, but I didn't react to the the Lions draft the way many did, and I think in three years, it'll be a different context and view of this draft class.
1: I'm so glad you said that. I love, I love Brian Branch, uh, just the position that he plays. I feel like they're going to be a lot more Players like that in college football, the uh, coaches are going to value that more. A guy who can play in the slot, but also yep. uh, to, to defend wide receivers in the slot, but also play safety. But I like the way you said you, the way you said it. The draft is—it's just a matter of who do I want. That's the number one thing you got to ask yourself before you even make a draft pick. You got to have that conversation on Monday before the draft starts on Thursday. Who do we like in this draft, and how do we get them? So they clearly. Uh, Connor and Vinny, they liked, they liked Gibbs. It sounds like they like Gibbs more than they like B. John Robinson, which is interesting, but they like Gibbs. That's really they like branch. They like right? They like Campbell and shockingly, they like Laporta over mayor clearly and they got their guys. And I, I like what uh Brad Holmes had to say. Tell me if you agree with this, Connor Holmes said, Hey, when I first looked at Campbell, I thought, Hey, traditional, you know, middle linebacker type, plug the hole. But the more I watch him, he's extremely athletic. He can do a lot more than p- the than the things people describe him uh, of doing. And so that's why he's such a fit for us. You agree that he has some athleticism that your traditional run thumper, run stuffer uh, doesn't have? Wait, absolutely. Wants to win the NFC. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry,
3: let you bad. get back there. Never, no, hell, no, never. I'll never be back. I, 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 quit. I quit those toxic relationships a long time ago. But they're fourth in the in NFL. Fourth one, it's Vegas High. What am I missing here?
4: It's a bad conference. That's what it has to be. And okay.
1: and a, and a good that. team. And a good team, Vinny. Yeah. You'll be back. You'll be back. <laughs> Go
3: ahead, Connor. I didn't mean to nah. cut you off. I, I, I was good. Just, I was just. A, I, I had a heart attack, Elizabeth. I was okay. coming
4: home to you. Listen, when you look at Jack Campbell, I mean, there's just not a lot of bad tape of him, and that's hard at the linebacker position. And then he goes out to the combine, and he's an elite tester. He really is. I think what people got mixed up, especially when you're carrying almost 250 pounds in an era where most linebackers are 235, 230, especially at the college level, it looks a little bit different. But he ran good enough at the 40 and then was elite at just about everything else. The agility with him, the ability to drop in zone coverage and read the quarterback's eyes and make a play on the football, the sideline-to-sideline speed, but, of course, the ability to come downhill and be a thumper, and and that's a lost art in today's game that Campbell still has. And the Lions, that defense got, you know, really ran on a lot last year, and they just had enough of it. And you had Campbell and Branch, arguably two of the best run defenders in the entire draft. That shows me that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell – are in sync, a coaching staff and a front office that are in sync to address their needs and the kind of players that are going to have success there goes a long way, and it's paid off already for the Lions during the Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell era.
3: I'm just shocked on this whole Lions at number four <laughs> odds thing. Doing like that's that's just that hasn't been my, that hasn't been the reality of of that franchise. Now the last time that the Lions were actually picked to do something, I think they like went on 16. I think that's, who, I think <laughs> that's good. when that was. They're,
1: They're good now good. though. I, 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 no, no, yeah, 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 they are. I, I like the, uh, they, they are, by the way, Vinny, I don't know if you know. they are the official team of brother from another The Detroit lions. We are on board. We, we're going to start saying we, we finished nine and eight last year. We prevented <laughs> the Packers. We prevented the Packers from going to the playoffs in the final game of the season. Uh, and, and we have addressed our needs uh, sufficiently. Is there any uh, counter before we let you go? Is there any or I know there's there's probably more than one. Teams that you looked at them and even at, in retrospect, you go. I just don't know what they were thinking with the draft. I've had a night or two to think about it and it just doesn't make sense the way they handled uh, their draft choices. Who would that team or who would those teams be?
4: I think it has to be the 49ers and maybe it doesn't matter because they're so well coached and their roster is good, but <laughs> imagine sitting there all week. You don't have a pick until the third round. I understand they took Jair Brown, the safety from Penn state first in the third round, but then you take a kicker with a top 100 pick. I Listen, kicker in the top 100 is, is never good business. I don't care how good the kicker prospect is. And he's not an elite kicker prospect. He's just a good one. Jake Moody. I just look at that and go, man. You could have gotten really good depth there on the offensive or defensive line. There was some starters available at other positions. I don't like that strategy at all, and I despise it when you didn't have a first or second round pick to begin with. Kicker before round six, guys. You'll be on my losers list immediately.
1: Well, I guess you got the Patriots uh, on your losers list too because they took two <laughs> kicker. They took a kicker
4: and a punter.
1: Took a kicker. But they did. They took a kicker in the fourth round. Wait. In the fourth yeah. round, no. <laughs>
2: Yeah, fourth round on, and six, and round on their kicker. And
1: they traded up for him. They traded up for that kicker. Yeah. And listen, hey, every position matters. See, I'm not one of these, don't take this guy. Well, except for a long snapper. Long snapper, yeah, okay. you yeah, have a line. You know. Yeah. But then again, the Patriots have drafted a long snapper, too. Look, hey, when you win championships, Bill Belichick has gotten away with a lot of stuff. When you win championships, people stop asking questions. He has done some really crazy stuff. Uh, with his draft picks drafting kickers punters. He has drafted kickers punters long snipers, and gunners. He has drafted gunners. I don't know, but got six championships. So all of all the rest of us can just sit down somewhere because I guess he knows what he's doing. You also Connor Rogers know what you're doing. Appreciate you man. Thank you for stopping by and you just have to let me know what the bet payoff is. I mean, you want a great I get your great wedding year, present.
4: Just trust me.
1: No no, 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 no! You get
2: a
3: thing out of that. I dude. trust. No,
1: no, you get yeah, yeah, something yeah. from him. Hey man, he's we'll about to get married. You tell me. You tell me where you registered. Uncle Michael will take care of it. My man, He'll get you a nice that nice that nice present. That everybody was like, "Wait a minute!" No, no, <laughs> that's. Let me go down another tier. They asking for that. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I'll man. get you. you getting, I'll get you that. You that getting one. married, man. My condolences. It,
4: I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much,
1: Connor Rogers. Appreciate you, man. Thank you.
4: Later, guys. You didn't
1: just say, you didn't just say my <laughs> condolences on a on the wedding <laughs> announcement, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Confidence
2: level, like heading back home. Obviously, the series doesn't start until road team.
3: I love it. Um, You know, I just love playoff basketball. That's the first thing I said when I got in the locker room. You you just have to love this embrace it. Um, You know, there's not many people that get the chance to do what we're doing, play in the highest level of basketball. So compete at the highest level. Don't forget to have fun with it Um, and just get after it every time we get a chance.
1: Let's enjoy greatness watching this Joker play. I mean, he ain't flashy. He just, he seems like a great person. I don't know him. I don't think I've ever met him in person before, but man, just appreciate greatness. Like we appreciated Steph yesterday and things like that. It's just, I just want to say, man, I, I love this kid watching him play basketball. <clears throat> All right. Tom Haberstro has joined us and you heard it. You heard Devin Booker talking about uh, playoff basketball. The Suns are down zip two. They're down to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I don't know. Denver Nuggets finished with the best record in the Western Conference. We talked a lot about the Lakers, Vinny. We talked a lot about the Warriors and other teams. I haven't talked much about the Denver Nuggets. Not only the team being number one, but Jokic, Tom, on MVP night. Uh, Jokic is going to be in the conversation. So uh, as as you look at this series and specifically look at this player, Uh, What do you see? What do you see from Jokic and the Denver Nuggets now that they're sitting here with a two-zip series lead over the Suns?
0: Michael, this dude, Nikola Jokic is that dude, okay? Like, I was going to try to come up with a better way to say that, but he is that dude. He just dropped 39 (laughs) points in game two against the Phoenix Suns that had every reason to bounce back after what they saw from Jamal Murray and Jamal Murray having an off night, and Nikola Jokic just absolutely took over He is that dude in the postseason for his career. He is averaging 26 points, 11 rebounds, and six assists. No other player in NBA history can match those numbers. And we're not even talking about his efficiency, which is probably his best skill out on the floor, is he is that efficient from scoring uh, from inside the arc, outside the arc, and getting to the free throw line. Putting all that efficiency aside, he is just super Super in control right now. Watching him play is kind of like it reminds me. I know if you guys have older brothers, but when you played one on one with your older brother and he was just bigger than you, stronger than you, and he could always play at a slow pace and just bully you and be in complete control, that's what it's looked like watching Jokic out there. How he is so in control and he's able to kind of be like a puppet master and control the court and just balance everything in a way that gives him the advantage. And this team, the Denver Nuggets, they should be the favorites right now to win it all. But I think we're infatuated with the idea of Steph and LeBron and the Boston Celtics who went there last year. But I don't understand what more this guy needs to do to prove that this team is legit. They want it in the regular season and he's putting up crazy numbers and carrying this team. He's awesome.
3: Tom, that was the thing that I was sort of looking at last night when I was watching Boston and Philly. And with Milwaukee out, and Memphis and Sacramento out, not that we ever really believed in them anyway. A, it really feels like the red carpet is laid out for Denver to really be the overwhelming favorite. Not just to get to the finals, but to win it all. And B, just leave it in the micro of this series. Is it three versus two? And I don't mean Kevin Durant and Devin Booker against those three dudes, I mean literally can Phoenix make enough twos? Because they don't explore to the outside of the mid-range. And Kevin Durant hasn't had a great series so far. But can they make enough twos to offset what Denver does from the outside?
0: Vinny, it depends on what kind of twos, okay? Because I know that their middies are unbelievable with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. And who knows what health we're going to see from Chris Paul going forward. But every time they take a midy or they don't take a three-pointer, and they settle for a mid-range jumper. They're letting Jokic off the hook. They're letting that defense off the hook. We know that he is not an elite rim protector and they should be exploiting that time and time again. Like this, remember what the Spurs did to Jokic in the regular season? The Spurs did to him in the regular season. And yet in this series, it seems like the Phoenix Suns, Monty Williams, their game plan is to try to hit shots from around the perimeter inside the three-point line. And KD had a rough night from beyond the arc. The whole team seems to have been, you know, getting the yips from beyond the arc in this series. But my problem, Vinny, is they're letting Jokic off the hook and not exploiting that weakness. And that's the only way they're going to get back in this series, by attacking the paint, attacking the rim and not settling for jumpers. And I sound like an old head right now and say, Hey, we got to attack the rim, get to the free throw line, put pressure on that defense. But that is what they need to do against Jokic because that is their weakness. Defensively. They don't have the size up front to contend and be the kind of rim protector. They need to make the long uh, run in the playoffs. And yet the Phoenix suns, their blueprint is to just, Hey, we're going to settle.
1: You know what uh, Vinny? I'm going to take this. I'm going to give you like a, a, a hockey assist. And you just get going, you can give it to uh, Stro from here. But you were saying something earlier. I told you I wanted to come back to this MVP conversation and you mentioned guards and MVPs. And the last time we had a guard win an MVP, it is MVP night. And maybe we're changing the way we look at most valuable. I just want you to uh, just continue that point and 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 get stro involved in this too. Because I'm just fascinated by where you were where you were starting to go with it.
3: Well, Tom, uh, the point that I brought up was th- there was a run on guard. You had Steph winning two in a row, then you had Russ, then you had Harden. Maybe So maybe it's cyclical. But Harden was the last guard to win MVP in 2018. Since then, you've had Giannis win two, Jokic win two, and looks like Embiid to win tonight. Is this something cyclical, or do we think that bigs are starting to, or versatile bigs, because all three bigs are kind of sort of different in their own way, or is versatile bigs starting to take the mantle and what we will consider to be basketball's highest honor or just overall basketball excellence.
0: I think a lot of it is the health of those guards. You look at Harden, you look at Russ, you look at Steph, they're getting up there in age. And I think physically, it's hard to be MVP caliber multiple years in a row and still play at a high level at that size. We've seen it from Steph getting injured the past few years, James Harden, He can be that guy that we saw on Monday night every once in a while, but to ask him to do it for 82 games, that's a difficult prospect. So the bigs, they can be, you know, 60 games and be effective on both ends of the floor. And I think we're seeing that in today's NBA. I think defense is becoming more part of the equation. And we know that Damian can shoot. We know that Steph can shoot. But I think now that analytics are becoming more in vogue, I think the defensive side of the ball is becoming more valued and why you're seeing Giannis and you're seeing Embiid get the MVPs. Jokic is a different story, but I do think that over 82 games, um, it's those bigs that can have an imprint on both sides of the floor and the fact that those guys, those guards, are just getting up there in age. And I think it's just the younger generation, Jokic, Embiid, and uh, and Giannis, simply happen to be bigs.
1: All right, well, who y'all vote for and who's going to win it?
0: Well, we know who's going to win it. We know it's Joel Embiid. Like, the NBA put out that statement that they're going to do the announcement on Tuesday night after Phoenix was, they were coming back to Phoenix after Denver had two games on their home floor. We know that Embiid is going to get that MVP. <laughs> we also know... Because there's this dude named Max Crows, the NBA MVP tracker guy, who literally scans all of the podcast materials, all of the columns, all of the tweets, and tallies up the votes. And we already know that Embiid has like 35 votes for first place, and the next highest guy, I think it's Jokic, has like eight. So he's basically outpacing the next highest guy by like three or four votes. So we know who's going to win based on the NBA announcement and – uh, that dude, Max Crows who was on Basketball Illuminati a couple weeks ago, and it was like, there, there's a guy who's just like gumshoe detective on all these votes. Me, personally, <laughs> I would have voted for for Jokic. I didn't have an MVP vote this year. I would have gone for Jokic <coughs> and Embiid. I think had a really strong finish to the season, but I believe that all 82 games matter. And I think when you look at the NBA season, recency bias did play into a part. And I do think that uh, Jokic had the better season, better team. Uh, and we're seeing right now Jokic is that dude.
3: It it took me a minute to that was the last vote that I had made on, on my ballot. And I was this close to putting in Giannis. I was this close to putting in Giannis as the most irresistible two way force in basketball. And he might have been derped had he won the MVP this year. He would have been accepting the award looking very sad and everything else. I wound up voting for Joel Embiid because there's something to going for the award. And I felt like Embiid went for MVP in the last six weeks. He may be paying the bill for that right now. Let's let's be clear. Right. But I feel right. like he went right. for the award.
1: All right, so it, it like I have a hard time believing and, and I, it's so dangerous. We all know this As journalists. We should not we should not be playing doctors on TV, but I'm going to do it anyway. I have a hard time believing He's gonna play in this series and be effective. He's either gonna play in the series and be 60% of himself, or he won't play because just because of the schedule. I'm just putting these things together. You wanna to talk about gumshoe detective Stro? Doc Rivers says he hasn't practiced. So Joel Embiid hasn't practiced. They asked him yesterday. No, he hasn't practiced. So there was a game yesterday. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. Well, he's not gonna practice. You're not going to practice them on Tuesday. Are you? Are you? And if you do okay, you play every other day and you got a guy with a bum knee who hasn't practiced. How do you think that's going to turn out? He may come back and may go right back to the bench. I just think it's going to be a we'll, we'll be celebrating that MVP. He'll be he'll be uh, giving his press conference. You want to talk about looking sad. He won't be looking sad because they were eliminated in the first round and be looking sad because I just don't think he's going to be a big part of the series. What do you guys think?
0: Well, Vinny, I was going to ask you, like, what's more important to you, getting that win or buying a game that Joel Embiid can rest for a game two? Because to me, getting Embiid to rest for game two and extending that series or extending that layoff is actually more important to their ability to winning this series and getting him back fully healthy or as as healthy as he possibly can be. Um, And let's just make this straight. Ever since LeBron James played in the NBA finals with a broken hand, or what he called basically a broken hand. All these injury reports are useless. We saw De'Aaron Fox doubtful for that game against the the Golden State Warriors with a fractured finger, and he looked fine out there. And, and Jimmy Butler, who knows what's going to happen. But listing as doubtful, man, I am so skeptical at these designations now going forward. I know what Doc Rivers said about Embiid. So but man, play, I'm though. so skeptical about these injury reports.
1: See, I, I think it's the other way, though. I really think it's the other way of before you answer. I'm just going to say, I've seen Doc do this before. I, I saw Doc do this with Kevin Garnett back in the day. Hey, you know, KG, the knee's getting... KG didn't play at all in the playoffs. He just kept stringing it along. He didn't want to say he was out for the playoffs. I think it's the... I, I think Embiid is closer to sitting than he is to playing. That's just... Oh, I don't think I, playing. Maybe I'm being a little too skeptical, but I, I don't see it.
3: I don't I don't trust the law firm of Doc and Darryl. I'll just say that much <laughs> if there's if there are two guys who may engage in media subterfuge, it would be Doc Rivers who I, who I genuinely like and Daryl Morey who might not like me. But I do think time getting that game one win lessens the dependency on bringing Embiid back. Just like getting a game one win for the Heat lessens the dependency on Jimmy Butler to play tonight. And you stretch that out to the weekend. There's no way in hell you're going to keep Joel Embiid off the floor when he can hoist that MVP trophy up with those mean Philadelphia fans finally giving them something to cheer about. He's going to play in one of those games this weekend. I can I, almost I damn near guarantee you that.
1: Wow. All right. So it, it, did we miss anything in the MVP conversation uh, with, with regard to, if, if not Giannis or Steph or anybody else, Is it, was it just a matter of, Games? I just, not playing in the games. Look, I see that look on your face. Throw away. Yeah, what is it? What is? I just imagine. you heard the Nike this campaign, too much, of
0: people. I'm imagining the Nike campaign if 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 Giannis won MVP with the Dirk Nowitzki at, at home without being in the playoffs. What Nike would come up with as the tagline there? Because we already saw it. They're already running a social media campaign. Always forward or something like that, based on Giannis's post game speech. I just can't even fathom what kind of spin they would have about Giannis winning the MVP when he got ousted in the first round, eight over one in five games. I can't even fathom what that kind of spin would be.
3: Failure is not an option because there is no failure. <laughs>
1: <I> <laughs> thank hate you. It. I hate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. And real quick, since you guys already mentioned it, you know, Harden last night, his forty five points, but I I I didn't give it enough attention last night. When I heard Jalen Brown say we weren't prepared, Malcolm Brogdon saying today that we doubled too much. Look, Ime Odoka was shamed away from the Boston Celtics, but it is coaching uh, an issue for the Celtics going forward. This is where the coaching really goes up and every round of the playoffs, coaching gets more complex and sophisticated too. Is that something the Celtics have to look out for?
0: Yeah, man, I'm looking at that switch, Al Horford going on James Harden. Think about the coaching, too. We're talking about last year, who was the defensive player of the year or the so-called defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. And they're switching off of James Harden and putting Al Horford, who's 93 years old, on a James Harden. I mean, that to me is a huge mistake, a coaching mistake. And it's either one or two things. They don't believe that Marcus Smart is the best defender on the team, which I believe is to be... Like last year when he was defensive player of the year, I was like, I think Derek white is a better defender. I think Robert Williams, a third is a better defender. I didn't think he should have won defensive player of the year. I think the vote should have gone to Robert Williams. And then we're looking at that switch off and the fact that they're chirping about game plan and preparation. And to me, remember Vinny and Michael Remember last year when Marcus smart early in the season was talking about, Hey, we need to pass the ball and move the ball more. We need to have these guys actually share the ball. And it was a shot directly at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I feel like the opposite is the case now. It's playing a hot potato down the stretch. They don't know who wants to take the shot. And so to me, yeah. it's gone the other way on the pendulum where now they're scared to shoot the ball and they don't have confidence in each other. I, One of the big reasons why I think Denver should be the favorite to win it all is because I think Boston, they're giving it up right now.
1: Mm. Mm. Boston can't be trusted. Oh see that's say yeah no but see you know what Stro he's not talking about the Celtics he's talking about Boston in general. This is like some Boston hatred. They said from the guy with the Detroit sweatshirt. That's not that's not true. (laughs) All right, Stro, appreciate you, man. We'll catch up with you. Anytime. Anytime. Appreciate you, Show. You know, Vinny, I feel like there needs to be some more love between brothers. There's P.J. Tucker there. He officially took zero shots last night on the score sheet. Zero shots, but the most dangerous shot was the one there to Jason Tatum's groin. You can't do that to a brother. What's going on here? I'm seeing it's an epidemic. I don't know what he was doing,
3: but if he said he wasn't, he got to explain to me what the hell he was swinging at.
1: That's what I want to know.